Hello and welcome to the first edition of the Craftsman Coding Podcast. Uh, we're hoping to cover different topics related to development, ModX, WordPress, or anything that people want to bring up in conversation. In the future, we may have some guests on the show here, but uh, for now, it's just me. And the topic I wanted to talk about today was ModX and WordPress. Uh, as some of you know, I've just completed a book on the topic comparing and contrasting the two systems. WordPress is a blessing and a curse in my mind. Anyone who knows me uh, knows that I can get ranting about it pretty quickly. It's, it's a bit maddening because it's so popular. So many people use it. And a lot of people use it just as default without even thinking about it. And that's kind of what frustrates me is, is that it is super useful. It uh, does a lot of things very well. It is very streamlined, but it's not the perfect solution for every problem, uh, nor is Mod X for that matter. But in particular with WordPress, the code itself is hairy. If you start looking at the source code in there, it's it's a mess. There's just stuff in there that, that no professional programmer would want to hang their hat on. And that is powering a fifth of all the new websites in the United States, according to one recent statistic I read. So that's a bit scary for me. Uh, it's it's a bit like a uh, like a Honda Civic or something like this. It, it's like a car you would drive when you're in college. You know, it gets you around. It's a uh, it's a great car. Hopefully, it's uh, cheap to fix, easy to to drive around. But it gets used uh, by some of these companies, uh, sort of like, oh well, that's a great little car. Let's use it as a bulldozer. Let's use it to uh, try to fly to some tropical island. It just, it, it doesn't customize as well. And that's my frustration with it is, is, is that fanatical devotion to that platform. It's just not thought through. And, and typically where I see developers getting hurt by it is when you've got a client who's very adamant about using WordPress because probably they're not very technical or maybe they have other justifications, but if they whine enough about it and, and you as a developer or designer uh, heed their their voice enough that you end up using this platform for reasons that aren't really justified. So you let an uninformed and untechnical user dictate a technical choice that has, in some cases, severe security and scalability and maintainability problems. So just to recap, it's, it's not like it's the devil, it's not the worst thing ever, but if you're doing certain things for your site, for example, if you need to guarantee uptime. If you need to guarantee that it's going to be secure, I mean, that's a false term, right? You can never guarantee security, but WordPress may not be the best choice for you. You need to look a little bit deeper into the requirements here. So that's where I like to look at Mod X as an alternative for content management. Um, and just to be clear, not every site needs to have a content manager on it. In fact, it's a lot easier from a technical perspective to have just a static site. And if you can keep things static, generate them once and cache them, your your speed on that site is going to go way up. I mean, it's going to get faster. The times go down. Uh, and it gets easier to secure because if you don't have the dynamic nature of, of PHP or MySQL or whatever else on there, just the technology required to support that website is much less. Uh, as a tandem, there was an interesting article I read recently about... Uh, the White House website. And uh, these were guys who were Drupal guys and they were hired out to build the whitehouse.gov site. And they, and they basically mapped out how a content management system didn't really work for that level of scalability and that level of security. 
Interesting read. Look for it online. Um, any case, back to ModX and WordPress and the book. So in the book, I tried to treat this as a, a guidebook. So if you've ever traveled and you've gone to another country and all of a sudden you realize that maybe that stuff you learned in high school about the language isn't really helping you out, you pick up a phrase book and you fumble your way through the phrases to get to the bathroom, to order your dinner, to find a hotel, all that stuff. And I realized that that's really how we learn as people. So if you're familiar with one of the systems, with either ModX or WordPress, the book was intended to help guide you through using the other system in much the same way as a phrase book. So I, I picked out topics that were pertinent to both systems or to managing a site in general, and then I tried to flesh them out and point out the things that were different from different sides. Um, one of the things that's near and dear to my heart is uh, post types versus resource types. So in WordPress, you have the ability to create a post or a page by default. And it tracks this, uh, if you're technically inclined, it's called a single table inheritance model. And what that means is it's got one column in the database that specifies what kind of uh, object is being referenced by that particular row. So you might have a row in the posts table that says, hey, this is a post. And then maybe the next row says, oh, this row is actually a page. And then when the manager loads that up, it responds differently based on the post type. And ModX essentially does the same thing. It's got a class key column in its uh, ModX site content table. And that's how it determines whether or not you're looking at a, a page or a document in ModX speak versus a, a, a sim link or a static resource. It's all tracked in the same table. It's just the class that gets instantiated determines the behavior. But when you're doing that, you can get some cool effects. And WordPress has actually done this pretty well. When you register a post type, it gives you a separate icon in the dashboard, which is graphically very appealing because you could see immediately, oh, I'm adding a new post, a new page, a new book, a new review, a new uh, hotel booking, whatever it is that your post type is defining it gives you that interface immediately. In ModX, you can do the same thing, but it's a lot more complicated, unfortunately, because you have to create a bunch of classes to support the uh, calls in the manager. And these are, in ModX, technically, are custom resource types. And uh, unfortunately, I, I'm frustrated with, with the documentation and some of this stuff because it's, it's lingering from older versions of ModX. But that aside, if you can get through that, the ModX way of doing this is much more flexible. You can do a lot more things with it. Um, any case, the other way that ModX would pull off this type of thing is via templates. So uh, for the WordPress people out there who aren't familiar with how ModX does this, is instead of having custom fields attached directly to your resource type, which is one data model, it attaches to the template. So what you end up getting in ModX, for better or worse, is when you change a template, you might be unlocking a whole nother set of custom fields. So you need to think of the template not only as a way to format your data, but also as a container for these custom fields. So for example, if you're using a book template, this is a template used to format your books. So say so you've got a site about books. Maybe you've got custom fields on that template that are for the author or the publisher or the ISBN number, things like that. So when you change the template used on a ModX page, those fields would update. 
And that's not the same as a resource type, but it gets you in the same, same ballpark much more quickly. So a lot of people just use the templates and forget about the custom resource types because, as I said, unfortunately, the development um, learning curve on those resource types is a bit steeper. So those are two of the things that I like about uh, both ModX and WordPress. Um, and, and they really define what a content management system is and does because it's not all about posts. It's not all about pages. It really depends on the site that you are owning and operating. What types of content are you authoring? Right. And you can look at how to support that. So uh, for WordPress, I have a plugin called the custom content type manager, which I wrote uh, basically as part of the, a previous book that I wrote for packed publishing about WordPress development. And it kind of grew into its own thing. But it was very much inspired by Mod X, just looking how it mapped out custom fields and realizing that WordPress didn't have anything like that built in. So you have to dig down into the code and it gets pretty messy pretty quickly. So I wrote that plugin as part of a tutorial. Uh, and there are other plugins that deal with these custom post types. Uh, I've listed them on the wiki page of the site for the custom content type manager. But what you can do is define a content type, a post type, for example, movie or book or actor or whatever it is you're writing about. And you would choose the fields that go along with it. And so then when you go and create or edit an instance of that post type in the manager, you've got the the graphical interface that you require for that particular type of content and it ends up being very much like how modx handles templates so the benefit for that is it's easy to add that stuff it's easy for the the manager users to get stuff in there in both systems uh, one of the disadvantages that maybe we can talk about in a future podcast would be how the database stores that information so if any of you have looked at MySQL, and maybe you're a little bit familiar with like the PHP MyAdmin uh, SQL control panel that that's, it ships with cPanel and a lot of other things, and uh, it gives you a window into the actual database because that's what's actually running the site. That's actually how your objects are structured. It's not just out there in, in the ether. You have to look at how the, the rubber meets the road here, and you've got a series of tables. And the trick with this is when you've got a table defined, it's got a limited number of columns. So you've got the ID, you've got the page title, you've got the alias, whatever it is. But then when you add those custom fields, where do those get stored? And so the pattern that I've seen in many content management systems, including ModX and including WordPress, is it's not a new solution here, but you, you add rows instead of adding columns. So that allows you to have as many custom fields as you want because you're just adding rows to another table. So maybe you've got another table where you've got the name of the custom field and the value that gets stored. And the exact tables that are used are different in each system. But essentially, you've, you've turned your, your tables a little bit so that you're storing your data in rows. And that gives you the flexibility of not having to edit your tables all the time because that's a pain. If anyone of you have, have done development projects, you realize that one of the very first things you want to do is lock down what your table structure is, because that's what all your code interfaces with. So if you're adding or removing columns, that can be a scary time for a developer because it means you have to retest everything. So that gets locked down and instead we're just adding uh, row after row after row containing the values stored in those custom fields. So that gives you the flexibility, but the downside to that is it becomes much more difficult to report on that data. For example, if you wanted to have paginated lists where you know that you're, you're filtering on one of those custom fields and you want to paginate through all the records returned, 
ah, that's a lot trickier than, than having it all in one table where you can filter it using a single uh, query. So the mod Xers I know would be familiar with this. If you've used get resources or Wayfinder or one of these other things, and you're trying to filter on a template variable, you've noticed that that's not as simple as you might hope. So if you're wondering why, why that particular type of snippet call is difficult or why you have to do some special uh, snippet parameters to pull out the template variables, it's because on the back end that has to get mapped over to separate tables. And I realize that's, that's kind of a technical thing that some listeners may not relate to, but all, all to say that the whole issue of storing custom content is a tricky one. So if, if we in the future can come up with better ways to store dynamic content that changes its fields, that's going to really, um, if you could solve that problem well, you, you would, uh, who knows, you could change the world of content management, I think. Um, any case, that's that's sort of a future discussion, but uh, the rant continues. Um, what else can I talk about about the book? I, I cover things. Um, the difference between themes and templates is a good topic. Um, for those of you who are familiar with WordPress, you're very familiar with uploading a theme to your site and using that to dictate the flow and content of your site. Whereas in ModX, uh, you can create any template you want. And ModX doesn't necessarily have the concept of theme because the templates by and large exist in isolation. You can create a template for any page you want. And one particular page may use a completely different template than another. In WordPress, that's a lot trickier. So for the ModX people out there, WordPress by default will use the same uh, theme file to generate everything. So in the, in the WordPress theme folder, you need to only have two files in there. One is the style.cs, or CSS, excuse me. And that lists the attributes for that theme. So it's kind of weird, but you have a comment in that file that is required. That's how it, it WordPress knows to pull that theme into its admin panel. So without that, that comment, it's not even on WordPress's radar. So it's, it's in, counterintuitive because usually comments are optional, but in this case, they're required. So you've got that uh, style.css, and then the only other, only other file that's required in a WordPress theme is the index.php. That's it, that, that'll run the whole site if it's constructed correctly. But the downside of that is in order to pull that off, because the WordPress theme is generating your index page with the loop showing all the recent posts, it's generating all the menus, it's generating a, a single individual page, a single individual post, it's generating the 404 page. It's generating an archive page showing all the, all the posts or pages that were authored in a certain month. All that stuff it's doing in theory or potentially with one file. So if you're thinking, wow, that must be tricky, it is. And the WordPress themes drive me insane because they are so poorly constructed. It's a mess of HTML. And, and I take heat for this all the time, but you know, get your own podcast and rant about it. The way that that's constructed, in my opinion, creates a terrible precedent for developers because it teaches them that this is normal. And I assure you, in the grand scheme of development, doing it that way is not normal. It's, it's that type of development, in my opinion, is one of the reasons that PHP gets flamed by so many other languages for just being insane to work with. Because when you have one file that's trying to do all those things, it gets very sticky. 
it's, you can touch one thing and the whole site explodes and that's your template. So in Mod X, you're thinking, what is this? Like you're used to having a static template for the most part where you can put in whatever you want. It's not PHP code, so you can't break it in the same way. So that is a hard transition to make for a Mod Xer to come in there and try to, to look at a WordPress theme. Not all of them are, are that bad. I, in the book, I compare it to walking into a public restroom. You know, you might be walking in on something that's perfectly usable, perfectly hygienic, and more or less organized. You know, maybe not your first choice in places to go, but it might be perfectly fine, or it might just be an unspeakable mess. It, it, I've seen it all. There's just there's stuff out there that, that is hailed as like the, the latest and greatest that is just absolute crap. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And, and where I've seen it come up a lot of times is um, the marketing folks, because they, they like turning the stuff out quick. And, and by and large, um, <laughs> sorry to the guys I've worked with, uh, they may not be the most technically inclined people, but they know how to, how to sell a product. And so some of these themes that get churned out on the WordPress end come out very fast and they may not be really audited for security or scalability. So you've got these things that are coughing out messages or maybe not filtering data in those themes. And it just, I've seen it where you've got security holes in them. Because remember, this is PHP that's running your WordPress theme. It can be hacked. It can be done in poor ways. It can be very slow. It might be issuing queries. It might have SQL in it. I've seen that and that's a fun one. All these things. It's much more complicated. It is PHP. It's not an HTML type of thing. So from the Modex side of things, where you're used to dealing with raw HTML, that's a shock. Okay. But just to backtrack a bit, what does that do for you? Why would anyone do that? Well, think about this. When you're trying to set up a Modex site to be a blog, for example, Modex isn't giving you a whole lot. And that's kind of the Zen approach of it. And that, that's a blessing and a curse. And let's talk about why that, may, that might not be the best thing. So with WordPress, your theme is going to be iterating over the latest posts. That's the loop. So it's showing you this is the stuff that's more recent. It's doing stuff like handling your 404 page. It's doing something like, like your category page, where if you click on that particular URL, it's not in the manager anywhere. It's not in the WordPress manager. It just knows that, oh, I'm, I'm requesting a category slash XYZ, and it knows that you're talking about a category, and it'll show you the posts or pages that are in that category. Okay, so it's sort of catching these URLs. ModX doesn't do that. You'd have to map all that out yourself in ModX, and you can do it in ModX, and it's a lot more flexible when you do, but that can be a lot of work to put that together. You'd have to have your category pages for taxonomies. You'd have to have your 404. You, have to, you should set that up anyway, but uh, maybe your author pages if you wanted to feature the authors. Um, you need to put in your, your wayfinder or get resources calls to loop over that content. So you have to put all that stuff into a ModX site and make sure that it's connected together in an intelligent manner. Whereas the WordPress theme, even though it may be architecturally unstable or maybe uh, perhaps dangerously constructed in some kinds, some cases, it does all that for you. So if you're just trying to get from point A to B quickly, well, you know what? Like that WordPress theme might, might not do, uh, do you any harm. Like that might get you there really quick. And if that's all you're worried about, great. It can get you there. So it's not as... It's it's more two-sided than sometimes I rant about. It, it can be a, a finer issue, and you should look at the exact requirements for your particular site. So uh, 
for the WordPress folks out, out there, um, I, honestly, I don't know why Bonex isn't more popular with the designers because I, I have yet to see another system in the PHP world where it's easier to take raw HTML wireframes and convert them into a template that you can use in your content management system. Literally, you can go through and, and replace a bit of text like your title on your page or your content block, and you just put in the ModX placeholders, the tags, and they use double square brackets for this. But instantly, you, you've got a reusable template, just like cookie cutters or, or like form letters. If you remember the, the old school days where like you would do form letters in Microsoft Works, I think it was Works back then. In any case, that's how ModX does it. There's no in, inherent functionality. You can add it via a snippet, but it's a static view layer. So that means it's you're not guessing at what the PHP is doing. You don't need to be a developer to build a ModX template. You don't have to worry about it getting hacked just by itself. I mean, there are perhaps vulnerabilities that could come in there. Like nothing is 100% secure, but... Uh, it's, I mean, the, the difference between that and a WordPress theme is, is enormous. You don't have to like audit your theme for potential uh, security holes because it's a static HTML file. It gets parsed by ModX. So it's super easy to take something that's perhaps very complex, or maybe it's not even HTML. Maybe you're generating uh, an XML document for a feed or an RSS feed, something like that. You can do that in ModX easily using its template language, its its syntax. Very simple, and you don't have to learn a whole lot of like weird uh, theme functions like you do in WordPress. So the flexibility there is huge in ModX. And if, if you're listening and you're a WordPress user wondering what I'm ranting about, take the time to to look through the book or, or download ModX and try uh, installing and, and building out a custom theme. And, and you have to have some HTML know-how to do that. But if, if you are an HTML designer type who knows their way around HTML and CSS, I think you'll find that ModX is a very flexible system to work with. Um, random tangent is I had a project a couple years ago and uh, the manager talked me into doing it in Drupal because he was a Drupal ninja or something, some such, said it was the best thing ever or whatever. So I built out the, the database backend and he was going to show me how to integrate this with uh, the Drupal, the, the integrate the theme with Drupal. And then the, the guy disappeared. I, I'd never heard from him again. He just like took his check and he left. And so the project manager was like freaking out about it. And I'm looking at it like this looks like it's a pain and I'm not familiar with Drupal. So I talked it over with some friends and online, and I didn't get a single bid on Elance to do that for less than, I think it was 10 grand. It was some ridiculously high number. And that, needless to say, that was out of the budget scope. And I looked at it, and I looked at the, the backend requirements, and I looked at the, the custom theme, which was complicated, mind you, very custom. And I thought, you know, I could do this in Mod X probably in a day. And I did, I just copied it over. Took me maybe three or four hours to do that and move the back end over and done. Uh, I had finished the project, ModX saved the day because its templating um, resources were so flexible to handle this type of customization. So it, it's super useful as a designer. If you really want your designs to show up and, and be visible and exactly how you had spliced them up, sliced them up, uh, then look into ModX for that. Um, what are other things I can talk about? Uh, in the book, I talk about some uh, common topics like how to add PHP code to your site, you know, via short codes in WordPress or snippets in ModX. Uh, permissions is a huge topic that, that really merits its, its own podcast. Um, 
Taxonomies is one that uh, I've I've been interested in for a while. So if you're following the Craftsman Coding releases on Twitter, we're at Craftsman Coding. Uh, we released a, a ModX plugin for taxonomies because this is something that WordPress does very well. It's got these categories and tags built into its core. So it's got a nice series of database tables to classify data. And we're all familiar with seeing this. Uh, we've seen it so many times we're kind of looking through it. Maybe we're not actually understanding what we're looking at. But when you see a post and it says it's in these categories and you can click on those categories and it would show other posts or pages in those categories, or maybe it's got a list of tags that have been applied to that particular page. Those are all taxonomies. And the, the term comes from biology, where you've got an infinite number of species, plants, animals, fungus, all this stuff. And biologists needed a way to classify it, to group these things together. So if you remember from biology, you had the, the kingdoms, the phylums, the, the species, all that stuff. It's, it's ways to group these animals together. In the blogosphere, on the internets, we need to have a way to group pages and posts and other bits of content together. So the most common ways that that happens is via categories and tags. And these are called taxonomies in a general term. So if you haven't heard that word before, that's what it's about. So in WordPress, you can create custom taxonomies. And this is again where the, uh, the interface and, and the functions in WordPress start driving me crazy because they have like 20 functions that do almost the same thing because I feel mm -hmm. like probably accurately that there's probably 20 independent developers who contributed to the core and never really bothered to check what one another was doing. So you end up with this bloated. Anyway, I'm ranting again. So in uh, our taxonomies plugin for Mod X, we put in custom resource classes that would uh, let you create the categories and tags or any other taxonomies such as uh, shape, color, genre, whatever it is that you need to group your content by, you would create that taxonomy first as a folder, and this is a special resource class, and then you create the terms inside that taxonomy. So uh, a category you might have, uh, technology, latest, whatever it is, tags, you're gonna have different terms under your tags. So you might have um, hot stuff or good read, whatever it is. Under genre, you might have uh, horror, science fiction, whatever it is, use your imagination. And then in your particular posts or pages, you would select the taxonomies that that particular page applied to. So if you want that page to be represented or, or searchable in a particular term, then you check it. So it, the taxonomies lets you find your content more easily. And if I'm sounding confused about this, it's because it ends up being a little bit more of an art than a science, because you may look at a page that has these, these tags or, or categories applied to it, and you may wonder, why can't I just add a custom field to do that? And you could. In all honesty, you could. The distinction with a taxonomy is its purpose. Well, two things. Purpose is, is it's specifically meant for searching and organizing, whereas a custom field typically is something inherent in that particular page. So for example, if it's a book, the, an inherent attribute of the book might be number of pages or the author. 
that is inherently part of the book object. Whereas something like genre, eh, that's more subjective. That's maybe how the librarian or the bookstore wants to, to classify that, like what shelf they're going to put it on, right? That It's a little bit more ethereal. And that's the taxonomy. The other distinction with taxonomies is they typically are a one-to-many relationship. Whereas a custom field, uh, in not all cases, but a lot of cases, it's a, it's a single value. So a taxonomy such as tags, you could have one or many tags attached to one object. So with the taxonomies plugin we released, you have that functionality now for ModX. And it, it very much was inspired by how WordPress does this, but I, I feel like we did it, um, we cleaned it up because you know, WordPress may be stuck with its backwards compatibility issues, so they really can't cut loose if they wanted to, but because ModX didn't really have, in my mind, a thorough solution for that, we were able to, to add that and uh, let you search hierarchically on your terms and categories and tags. Um, what else? <clears throat> One of the, the things that I discuss with clients who want to use WordPress is the whole issue of having a development environment. So WordPress makes it easy to update and install plugins. They have that nice one-click interface, which ModX at this point lacks. Uh, we're looking into writing a couple plugins to help ease that pain. However, the WordPress side of things, it's really not built to be moved. So if you're coming from a developer background, you're used to having one server set up to be your development server. Maybe you're pulling down the latest code updates from Git or using Subversion or whatever you're using, and you might be developing locally, and then you would commit your changes and push them back up to the repo, and then the other developers on the project could pull in your changes so everyone can work independently. No one's gonna blow somebody else's changes off off the map by working on a shared server. And if you haven't ever used version control, by the way, and this sounds familiar, like, oh, dude, I totally overwrote your FTP file when I made that change last night. Well, that's kind of a newbie mistake. It's a newbie way of working is like just editing stuff on a live server. I don't recommend it. It's not professional. You're, you're sooner or later, you're going to blow something up that's going to cost you a lot of time. And if that's a, a topic of interest to you, we can talk about version control in another podcast. So that's what Git and Subversion or Mercurial, Perforce, all these other um, software packages do is they let you version the code. And, and the intention or the workflow implied in a lot of these is to have a separate development environment or a separate staging environment where you can have the team look at it before it goes into production. But what ends up happening in all these cases is you've got separate installations and they're pulling from the same code base. And what does that mean for the application? Well, for WordPress, it's problematic because WordPress, for just reasons I cannot understand, it hard codes all these values. So like linking between pages, ModX uses the tilde and a page ID to generate a link. So if you change your domain name or you move it to a development server and it's got a completely different URL, ModX doesn't care. It's gonna generate the correct URL all the time. WordPress hard codes that. So if you've got production data that's pointed to yoursite.com and then page one, two, three, and then you pull it onto your development environment, clicking on a link will take you over to the production site. 
that is hugely problematic. Because what if you're trying to pull down a, a JavaScript file, or maybe you're trying to update the CSS, and your templates are hard-coded to pull in the file from production? It makes it a real pain in the ass to try and develop on a WordPress site. It is just through and through and through, WordPress is not built to be migrated. And there are tools out there to help you do this process. There are the defenders out there saying, oh, it's not so bad, you just have to do this and do that. And in a nutshell, they're nuts. Like that is not normal and that is not a professional way to do development. It's just, you're asking for it with that. And with the caveat, I should say that not every project needs to have this sort of workflow where you need to have a development environment and a production environment. It's not a requirement for every project. So it's, it's not the end of the world that WordPress doesn't support this cleanly. But if you do need to do that, you're going to really be fighting an uphill battle with WordPress. So th the only way I've really found to do it uh, intelligently is to be able to pull all the code down and then edit my local hosts file. So that means that any request to mysite.com, I can intercept locally in my host file and it point it back at my development server. But that becomes a problem when you try to share that with a client. So if your client is not technically inclined, they're not gonna know how to edit their host file and God forbid they screw something up in there and then never get back to normal. Right? That, that's, that's a real issue. And I have not seen this cleanly resolved for WordPress. ModX, uh, the process of moving servers is a little bit more complicated than other systems, which I would like to see cleaned up, frankly. But uh, it's got a series of config files. I understand that given the way that AJAX requests are handled and all this, you kind of need to have more than one config file. But if, if you go through and diligently change those, those configuration details, uh, you can move the site no problem. All the files are going to resolve. Every URL is going to go to the right place. You just have to update the configuration in both environments. And typically in your version control, if you're wondering, uh, you, would, you would come up with some way to have each developer have their own version of that configuration file. So all the other code would stay the same. But you as your developer might have a different path to your site and a different URL, a different database password. That's all in the configuration file. You can pull down the rest of the code, no problem, and then you just have your, that one custom file. So ModX works really well for that. It's built for that, whereas WordPress is not. So that's something to think about as you're discussing um, the ability to maintain and develop a site with a client. Uh, WordPress is just not really built for that type of workflow. Um, what else can I talk about with this? My voice is starting to go, but there are a number of other topics here that we could look into um, in future podcasts. But uh, the book covers uh, a bit on versioning your code, as I mentioned. It covers how you internationalize your code, that would be translating stuff, um, and how you go about publishing your add-ons, your plugins, your, your extras. Uh, caching, that's a fertile topic, and how to do uh, multiple sites, how to do security, how to harden your site, how to hack into a site. All these are, are useful things for any site administrator to know, um, and it increases your knowledge of the system. Um, any case, look, at, look for the book. It's on leanpub.com. It's, it's the links on the Craftsman Coding website, so take a look at that. Um, I think there's still a, a coupon code that's out there on the ModX forums. Check that out. 
And if you've got questions, send them in. We're trying to be more active on Twitter. We put up some polls about what people might want to hear about. I want to give a shout out to the other podcasters um, who are putting out some uh, some stuff on ModX. So uh, hopefully the podcast spacer becomes a bit more active and we can all benefit from that. So that's my, my rant. That's my spiel. Look forward to hearing from you guys. Happy coding. Until next time.